Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we'll unlock the book The Silk Roads, A New History of the World. When discussing the Silk Road, most people view it as an ancient trade route that connects the East with the West. History bestowed it with a great deal of mystery and legend, camels and goods traveled on the trade route, merchants of different races, different countries, and diverse cultural backgrounds interacted and traded with each other, Chinese silk and porcelain flowed along this trade route to various countries in the West. Silver from Western countries also moved to the East on the same path. This account of the Silk Roads that we will uncover today, uses multiple threads to tell the stories that took place on the Silk Road, starting more than 2,000 years ago. The book begins its story with the creation of the Silk Road. Using a broad time frame, it recounts the stories of countries from their peak to their decline, and from humble beginnings to becoming entities that wield absolute power. It has shaped world history into a brand new system. It reveals to people that for much of history, the world's axis revolved around the Silk Road. Each country's history doesn't evolve in isolation and is more or less associated with the Silk Road. From the Silk Road, we can see that the world is smaller and more accessible than we've previously imagined. World history has been redefined. Once the book The Silk Roads was published, it quickly became a best-selling book around the world, and was even listed as number one in world history on Amazon UK. It was also number one in the genre of historical geography on Amazon US, and number one on the list of non-fiction bestsellers in India. It was also recommended by various organizations and figures. The People's Daily in China recommended it twice in 19 days, which was an unprecedented move by the most influential Chinese publication. The Times commented on the book saying, Many books have been written which claim to be a new history of the world. This rare one fully deserves the title. The Economist stated, Frankopan uses exquisite and intelligent language to interpret a world history revolving around the East. The famous British historian William Dalrymple lavishly praised the book by saying, Ambition that is rare a remarkable book on many levels, a proper historical epic of dazzling range and achievement. Peter Frankopan is the author of this book and a famous British historian. He has received considerable attention from mainstream academic historians around the world, because he's shown a talent for examining the anatomy of the contemporary world from a perspective that differs from European history. For this book The Silk Roads in particular, he consulted all the literary and historical resources that he could find in libraries around the world. Finally, he wrote this well-sourced book which included nearly a hundred citations for each chapter on average, as can be seen from its numerous endnotes. Next, we will uncover the stories of the Silk Road in these three sections. Section 1, The Birth and Prosperity of the Silk Road. Section 2, The Wars of the Silk Road. Section 3, Another Origin of the Silk Road. Asia has been the heart of the world from the beginning of civilization. One by one, ancient civilizations were born here, and the earliest and the most powerful among these was the Persian Empire. The Persians extended their territory from today's southern Iran to the Aegean. They continued eastward until they reached the foot of the Himalayas. 
Persia connected the heart of the Mediterranean to Asia. It possessed not only fertile land, but also had high agricultural yields due to investment in production and irrigation techniques. Persia also paid great attention to road construction. It established a highly developed road network that linked the coast of Asia Minor with Babylon, Susa, and Persepolis. All these factors propel the commerce of the ancient Persian Empire towards unprecedented prosperity. The conqueror Alexander the Great swiftly unified another ancient civilization, Greece. Afterward, Alexander the Great led an expedition east and defeated the prosperous Persian Empire. He then turned his attention to the vast world of the east. After Alexander's conquests, a significant Greek influence on culture and economy spread through the territories of the Mediterranean and the Himalayas. Greek language could be heard all over Central Asia and the Indus Valley. According to tax receipts and documents in Bactria from around 200 BC, Greek was still used daily by officials more than a century after Alexander's death. In addition to Greece, China also continually expanded its territory. Back then, the emperor of the Han dynasty drove nomadic tribes back to the steppes after nearly a decade of campaigns. He seized the Gansu Corridor and controlled the agriculturally productive western regions of China. The Gansu Corridor led to the Pamir's Mountains, past these was the expansive west. China opened the door to transcontinental communication channels, and thus the Silk Road was born. The famous Chinese history book Historical Records noted that the inhabitants of these kingdoms were poor in the use of arms, he wrote, but clever at commerce, with flourishing markets in the capital Bactria, where all sorts of goods are bought and sold. The route from China to the west was treacherous, because it passed through not only the Taklamakan Desert, but also the Tian Shan Mountains or the Pamirs. Despite such harsh circumstances, rare and high-valued goods were still transported to the markets of Bactria, which was thousands of miles away from China. Chief among those traded products was Chinese silk. In addition to being a luxury item, silk also played a significant and practical role. At that time, not all of China was fully monetized and grain was perishable. By contrast, silk became the most stable currency, as well as an object used for international bartering. It was sometimes even used as a form of military payment. A remarkable collection of 35,000 texts from the garrison town of Xuanzhen, not far from Dunhuang, paints a vivid picture of the everyday goings-on in a town set at the neck of the Gansu Corridor. From the wooden tablets, we learn that merchants passing into China had to follow designated routes and had to obtain written passes. Detailed records were kept for these merchants, place of origin, types of goods, and the location of their next destination. Let's take a look at Rome too. Rome was originally just an inconspicuous town located halfway up the west coast of Italy. But after taking over one coastal city-state after another, Rome began to dominate the western Mediterranean. However, Rome became globally prominent only after its seizure of Egypt. The process of conquering Egypt altered Egyptian historical development. The series of historical events that we are familiar with, includes characters such as Julius Caesar and Queen Cleopatra. These stories which are filled with eroticism, power plays, and poisonings took place during this period of history. They became a topic of interest for posterity. Furthermore and most importantly, the capture of Egypt transformed Rome's fate. 
Rome acquired the vast harvests of the Nile Valley and increased taxation in Egypt, bringing fabulous wealth to Rome. The wealth quickly boosted the ambitions of the Roman Empire, and they began to explore new territories. The faraway eastern lands of Asia became Rome's next goal. The Roman Emperor Augustus ordered a detailed investigation on both sides of the Persian Gulf to report on trade in this region, and to record how the sea routes linked with the Red Sea. He also oversaw the mapping of the land routes heading deep into Central Asia through Persia. Back then, the routes pioneered by traders led to an unprecedented increase in the scale of trading. According to the author, within a few years of the occupation of Egypt, 120 Roman boats were sailing for India each year from the port of Myos Hormos on the Red Sea. Roman amphorae, lamps, mirrors and statues of gods have been recovered from a wide range of sites, including Patanum, Kolhapur, and Quamator. So abundant are the coin finds dating to the reign of Augustus and his successors from the west coast of India and the Lakadive Islands, they prove beyond any doubt the trade links between Rome and India. Rome's success was followed by the luxurious and hedonistic practices of the affluent class in Rome. The dining habits of a newly super-rich Roman were said to be as follows, pheasant brought in specially from the eastern coast of the Black Sea, guinea fowl from Africa, rare and expensive fish, plumed peacock. There was even a dish in which live birds were sewn into a pig's belly, and the birds would fly out the moment the pork was carved. It was also during this period that a term for being full of jealousy and looking down on someone was invented, the modern equivalent might be what we sometimes call the nouveau riche. Some conservatives were concerned about a particular luxury good from China, Chinese silk. Due to its smoothness and lightness, a body's beautiful curves could be seen. These special qualities made it very popular. At times, it seemed the very foundation of marital relations was being undermined. Men found they could see through the light fabric that clung to the female form and this left little to the imagination. For them, silk simply meant exoticism and eroticism. They even worked hard to prohibit people from wearing silk by taking legal action. Even so, silk remained as a form of hard currency in international trade throughout history. The trade route was named the Silk Road by scholars, and this was by no means unsuitable. Although globalization is a very common noun nowadays, it was already a fact of life as early as 2000 years ago. It provides opportunities and prompts technological advance. The joint development of the East and the West enhanced the communication between India, the Persian Gulf, and the Red Sea. The ancient Silk Roads were coursing with life. It was not only goods that flowed along the thread linking the Pacific, Central Asia, India, the Persian Gulf, and the Mediterranean, but also religion. Religions prevailed alongside the flourishing trade industry. It may be surprising to learn that every aspect of early Christianity was Asian. First, its geographic location and focal point was Jerusalem. The other sites related to the birth of Jesus Christ, his life, and his crucifixion were also in Asia. Second, Christianity's original language was the Aramaic dialect, a member of the Semitic languages, which were Asian languages native to the Near East. Third, its theological and spiritual backdrop originated in Judaism, the religion of Israel during the rule of Egypt and Babylon. Last, its stories took place in the ecosystems of the Near East, 
and included deserts, floods, droughts and famines that were less than familiar to the Europeans. It is evident that in the early days of Christianity's birth, no matter the birthplace, language, and religious background of the key figures, they were all Asian. Among these were Jews who had lived in Mesopotamia until the Babylonian exile, then returned to Jerusalem. Those who converted spread Christianity eastward from Jerusalem along the trade route to the Caucasus and areas of the Persian Gulf. Merchants and exiled convicts from Syria brought Christianity with its new beliefs to Persia. Flocks of exiled Christians from Persia disseminated Christianity to more faraway places. During this period, infiltrations, disseminations, assimilations, or exclusions, competitions, and even armed conflicts regularly took place between Christianity, Zoroastrianism, Persians, Romans, aristocrats, and civilians. Conflicts arose among classes, races, religions and nations. It was only later that Christianity in Europe was officially established as the imperial religion across the region due to Constantine's conversion to Christianity. It could be said that the activities of traders on the Silk Road greatly facilitated the evangelizing process in both the Mediterranean region and the East. It also stirred up instability in the world. It created a holy place located at a transportation hub, which was well served by connecting routes, just like the ones which passed through the city of Edessa. However, the religious wars between Rome and Persia severely affected the trade route to the Han Dynasty. Due to the need for long-term economic aid for the war effort, the demand for luxury goods had begun to decline significantly. Cities in the Levant and Persia were often caught up in the fighting, which put enormous pressure on the economy of southern Arabia. This in turn would offer great opportunities for the development of Islam. Islamic sects began to participate in the fighting and seize some Christian cities. Instead of being repressive, they adopted lenient policies to make the Muslim empire increasingly powerful. The Muslim armies reclaimed several steppes tribes and communication networks, reaching the western areas of China by the start of the 8th century. Muslims had linked the oases of Afghanistan and the Fergana Valley to North Africa and the Atlantic Ocean. Large amounts of wealth were concentrated in Central Asia, and many construction projects took place on a grand scale. Among those was the rise of a new city, which would remain prosperous for centuries. It was the wealthiest and most populous city in the world at that time, with a population of about 100 million. It was known as Madinat al-Salam, or the City of Peace, also known as today's Baghdad. Baghdad was a symbol of power and wealth in the Islamic world. Its extravagance and splendor were staggering. At the wedding of the royal family in Baghdad at that time, all the guests would receive gold bowls filled with silver, and silver bowls filled with gold as gifts. Every woman in attendance would receive a delicate purse filled with gold and silver coins. Nothing comparable had ever been seen before, at least not in Islamic times. Additionally, trading was also becoming increasingly frequent. In the 9th century, a vessel was carrying some 70,000 ceramic goods when it wrecked off the coast of Indonesia. The sunken cargo consisted of ornamental boxes, silverware, and gold ingots. Yet it was only the tip of the iceberg when one considers the large amount of imported goods destined for the dynasty over the years. The Muslim conquest opened new trade routes that split off in all directions, 
creating more channels for trades on the Silk Road. Horses and animal pelts became the primary commodities on the trade routes to the east. Judging by the large horse ranch destroyed by a war in the 8th century and bones found on an archaeological site north of the Black Sea, horses were reared on a large scale. The steppe tribes exported at least half a million pelts each year. Animal pelts could even be used as currency. The trade route that lay north of the steppe and forest regions was also called the Fur Road. The wealth of the Islamic world also caught the attention of Vikings from the north. During the early 9th century, the Vikings began to encounter the steppe tribes and eventually learned about Baghdad, the central city of Islam. As merchants brought goods from the south to the north, markets and trading stations gradually emerged in the Viking settlements. Thus, the great Eurasian trade routes were extended into northern Europe. Wax, amber, and honey had all been exchanged on this trade route. In graves across Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and Norway, scholars uncovered many silks from Syria, Byzantium, and China. But there was also a trade route leading to the south along the river between Russia and Scandinavia. Here, slaves were the most profitable commodity in circulation. The primary source of the Viking Rus's economy was the slave trade. They enslaved the native populations as well as people from sub-Saharan Africa. Some of the slaves even came from Turkic tribes in Central Asia. Due to the sheer number of people captured, these slaves were given a name Slav. After their capture, they all became people without freedom, in other words, slaves. The slave market was fueled by high demand at that time. In its heyday, the Roman Empire needed to purchase 250,000 to 400,000 new slaves each year to maintain their slave population. The demand in the Arabic-speaking world was considerably more significant, since its territory extended from Spain to Afghanistan. There are no accurate statistics on the slave market of the Islamic world. Still, literature indicates that the numbers were close to those of the Roman Empire. This is because owning slaves was very common in the Islamic world. These slaves were either treated as laborers or servants, and some of them also became sexual partners. At that time, a series of ancient writings by experts even appeared, teaching people how to pick slaves in the slave market. The slave trade had influenced every aspect of life. Chao from today's Italian language comes from a dialect spoken in Venice, which developed rapidly from the slave trade. The word means I am your slave. As we previously discussed, as the territories of empires expanded, New cities were constantly emerging along the trade routes. Chinese silk and porcelain, Indian spices, pelts from the steppes, and slaves, as the hottest commodity in the world, were all circulated on these trade routes. Of course, there was also the rise of sectarian forces. Each religion intended to control the area they saw as the center of the world. Motivated by self-interest, religions clashed with one another. After 400 years of stability and prosperity between different religions, the clarion call of war finally sounded in the early 11th century. Little by little, the West dragged itself closer to the heart of the world. A new situation unfolded on the Silk Road, and that was war. So how did the war on the Silk Road begin and end? What role did each country play in the war? Next, we will explore these battles one by one in our second section, the Wars of the Silk Road. Today we are just sharing limited bookie.
To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.